Good evening, and welcome to the pit of ultimate darkness. Hello, I'm your host, Sir Simon Milligan. For those of you without a brave heart, get up, go to your television sets, and turn the station. Go ahead, exercise your right to be a coward. And now I would like to bring on one who could be the spawn of Satan himself, manservant Hecubus. Good evening, Hecubus. Are you ready? I am ready to serve you, master, and Satan. <laughs> Welcome to the first episode of Queer Horror Cult that we're recording in Pride Month 2019. We, I thought you were just saying like the first episode. I was like, you're full of shit. What are you going for? But okay, that makes sense. No, I, I know sometimes I go on a, a goof, but th- this wasn't that. No, <laughs> no um, we totally brain farted. See, that's the problem when we record too far in advance. And we're not even that far in advance. We just kind of do about a week ahead of time. Mm-hmm. But we don't pay attention to what's coming up sometimes. <laughs> and it's like... We pay attention, like, way, way ahead. Yeah, way ahead. But not, uh, not in uh, the ways that matter, I guess. Mm-hmm. The ways that matter to us. Yeah. Um, one thing that's happened recently, but it'll be a bit old news by the time this episode goes up, uh, is one of my favorite pieces of rainbow capitalism I've ever seen, in which <laughs> Scream Factory is putting out a Pride edition of the Babadook. So good. That's so fucking oh, I great. When I saw that. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah, the accidental gay icon is just, it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. The accidental gay icon that we might have, uh, Brian Collins' inattentive to, inattention to detail at one point. <laughs> um, Netflix categorization. Yeah. yeah, so are you getting up to anything gay this month? No. No? <laughs> I mean, maybe, but I'd, off the top of my head, probably not. Nothing out of the ordinary at least i mean you know the pride parade was canceled i mean i might have not gone anyway because i work on saturdays but um yeah i don't know yeah our city's pride parade was canceled so that's fun yeah because great reasons too yeah it it was canceled because um the pride committee refused to uh acknowledge or actually deal with the accusations of racism that were being leveled against them for a while now like and and like credible yeah not just like some random like you know faceless anons on the internet or something no actual like real life grassroots activists yeah and it's not just the the people it's not just the people that uh protested last year it's because of other things going on Mm -hmm. in the pride stuff like it's just like police that presence at pride making indigenous peoples and black people feel super Oh, the impression I got is it's not even just entirely parade related. It's just the organization in general has been called out a bunch. And rather than actually doing anything, they decided to do the whole let's take our ball and go home. Yeah. And then and then blame the political climate. Yeah, it's the political climate's fault that pride, uh, a political thing uh, to begin with. It's too political. You know, it's like this climate is too political for pride, a.k.a. a protest. (laughs) So, aka, when we actually need pride most, but whatever. 
Yeah, so over it. So I'm kind of with you. Uh, I, it's going to be a very uh, gayness as usual yeah, kind of yeah. month, you know? Exactly. And that's fine. Yeah, I'm not complaining. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, I kind of wish that there was more going on. Maybe there is, and we're just too much of homebodies to really pay attention. Yeah, but... I've, like, you know, seen the odd event pop up, and I think I have a couple things in my calendar that I probably won't attend because they're downtown, um, on, like, Friday nights. And we don't currently live anywhere that, like, we can't even transit to downtown no. if we want to stay there past, like, 9 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Eh, Whatever. Whatever. Oh, well. Uh, Happy June. Happy Pride, everybody. Happy Gemini season, too. Uh, That goes out to my sister, who's really stoked about that, because her birthday is soon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's like, it's Gemini season, so I'm like, enjoy it, I guess. Have fun. Be safe. (laughs) Whatever you kids do. Whatever you you young Gemini whippersnappers get up to. Exactly. Oh, lordy. Um, So this week, keeping in with... uh, it being Pride Month and all, we once again did something completely unrelated. Well, I don't know. Like, I think you can make a case. You can make a case, yeah. In the way that we can make a case for just about anything, yes. like... Which we do. We like to do that a lot. No, we are doing Satanic Panic. And see, homosexuality is the definition of Satanism, so... That's true. So I guess... Um, there you go. In that sort of political... Ironic. Fuck you, eat my ass irony kind of thing, it's a... Uh, yeah, we're being satanic by by That's having this podcast. Yeah. Oh no, we are doing satanic panic. We're talking about the moral panic to do with everything Satan through the sort of like end of the seventies into the nineties. We watched some, I think, as you would call it, cursed cinema for for this episode. Yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, we watched. We uh, absolutely did. We actually got a pretty good variety of things this mm-hmm. time. Like we tried to do the variety sort of thing when we put together these lists so we're not just you know it's fun right it's fun so should i just do these in the order we watched them sure should we give any more context about the satanic panic first oh you're right i'm jumping the gun because i actually did outside research and learning and and i was just um you know i would have fit in really great to the satanic panic but i was born too late yeah, yeah. Well, why don't you, uh, do you want me to go first? Do you want to give a little background? Yeah, why don't you go first? You read Kathy's, <laughs> I, yeah, Kathy's I read Kathy's Curse, Curse oh the novelization of Kathy's Curse. No. <laughs> no, I read Michelle Remembers by Michelle Smith and Dr. Lawrence Panzer, MD. Sounds like a tank. Tank, yeah. Um, Who, fun fact, you learned from the, the like, intro The forward the kind of thing yeah. of the book, talking about who these people are. Uh, I learned that he... The doctor. He, the doctor from it. Legitimate he psychiatrist. started, like, his first degree was from our alma mater. University of Alberta. Yeah, what, yeah. What? We're alums with the guy who fucking is responsible for this panic. Who just, like, decimated the credibility of, like, psychology and stuff for a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, big name, big respect. Big ups for this guy. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he he did things, all right. Yeah, okay, so Michelle remembers, for those that don't know, um, this was a book that's kind of been infamous and also out of print for a long time, so I had a fun time tracking down a, an old library, like, ex-library <laughs> copy of this. And by that, I mean actually getting an ex-library copy, not just stealing it from the library. Um, yes, it did not become an ex-library copy because you decided not to return it to a library. Yes, no, I was on the up and up with this one. Um <laughs> 
it is a book where Michelle Smith is seeing her psychiatrist because she's having these memories to her youth that came out of nowhere, seemingly for her. Like, she was living her life, and then all of a sudden she started having these... It started with a nightmare and these dreams that um, she sort of regressed into that were taking over her life. And so she goes to the psychiatrist to see what's up, and he tries to get her to remember what she's remembering because the dreams seem a little more than just dreams and then she starts recalling this whole host of ritualistic abuses in the name of satan that she underwent as a child perpetrated by her family perpetrated by her mother her or, or, well oh. what happened is her father was absentee at this point um and her mother decided that uh well she said, you're not my child anymore, you are Satan's child, kind of thing, and, like, gave her up to a Satan cult. Oh, I see. So that's where it went down. Okay. Um, like, she was a participant in it for a while. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's, 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 a uh, and her accounts of what happened, it's just, like, a mishmash of all, all of the tropes that we see as tropes now, like, they, this book sort of originated them. And what, yeah, and what is now known as, you know, at the time it would have been satanic ritual abuse. Yeah. What is now known as, like, satanic ritual abuse syndrome. Yeah. Because it's been debunked mm. thoroughly. But then it's also a mix of stuff that it's like, this is just the exorcist. Right. You know, like, um, like <laughs> talking about someone possessed and their head spinning around and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, this is the exorcist you're recounting. Yeah, like, I think maybe you watched that movie a little too early and it maybe hadn't left an impression. Yeah. And now she wasn't coming from a religious background herself. Mm. Her psychiatrist was very Catholic. Oh, and well, a f- there. Big shocker. Yeah. Um, but she um, describes things like satanic orgies going on uh being forced to watch uh fetuses and like bait uh yep fetuses and uh like cats being like sacrificed and being forced to to do blasphemous things herself like consume human flesh like yeah she was she was to consume the ashes of someone that was killed in a staged car wreck after being murdered at an orgy because she attacked the orgy person and they all took it as a sign that since this kid who is the daughter of satan like you know like attacked hit this person that everyone at the orgy needed to kill him immediately Mm -hmm. and then so they burned them up in a fake car crash and then fed her the ashes and then like tricked her to into like shitting on a crucifix and like stuff like that that trick that bait and switch the bait and the old bait and switch yeah how many times explain the bait and switch what happened um the bait and switch is they gave her an enema and then put a drop cloth down and said here poop onto this and then as she was about to they pulled the the drop cloth away and there was a crucifix that was from her hospital room and a bible and she went all over them and um they said that was part of her trying to transgress her own soul or something like that like that's what they were going for um there's this weird thing that it it seems almost like homophobia without actually trying to be explicit about it where she at one point sees her mom moaning in pain at the the sex orgy and then notices that there is a lump moving under her mom's skirt as her mom is like leaning back on a couch with her legs spread so she walks up and hits the lump and that's what causes everyone to kill the person um and then it the person that was going down on her mom is a woman okay and it's like 
the way the book presents that reveal is it's supposed to be more scandalous and shocking that it was a same-sex thing, but without directly pointing, being like, and she was a cursed lesbian or anything like that. So it's one of those, like... We hear ya. Yeah, so we you see you're, what you're, you're doing. They're, they're, you're just not saying the quiet part out loud. Yeah, but it's there. We see it. We can read it. But yeah, so I'm still reading this book. I don't know exactly how it ends, but I have an idea. <laughs> um, but I want to get your opinion as someone who's doing psychology because I've been telling you about it uh, and yeah. the stuff. What is the deal with the relationship between the psychiatrist and the patient? Like at the start, it highlights, oh, they have a very like formal um business-like proper relationship as a client and psychiatrist yet he went to her wedding and like other stuff yeah that sounds like some dual relationship boundary and can you happening go into what that is yeah so with any sort of usually i think psychiatrists as well because they would yeah they'd go off of apa ethics which is very similar to a lot of psychologist ethics. Um, one of the things that is prohibited, are, it's called dual relationships. So this mm-hmm. is where you, uh, well, prohibited as far as possible, because, you know, if you live in a small rural town where everyone knows everyone, then dual relationships are going to be somewhat unavoidable. Yeah, what's it going to be like, uh, who treats the mayor? Guess I can't do anything to do with the yeah, town. Yeah, or because... like, I, yeah, I, um, I treat this client and... They're my bus They driver. own the only grocery store in town. Mm, yeah. Or something. You know what I mean? Like, so stuff like that. But where... she was in Victoria, Canada, which was described as a hotbed of Satanism. It and Geneva, Switzerland were the two big Satan places in the world, apparently. So much for Turin, Italy. Yeah. Turin, what the hell? We had your yeah. back. Yeah. We'd pre- Wasn't that supposed to be like the exorcism capital or some shit? Oh. Something, something like that. I know. Yeah, I, I know, know there's some previous... reasoning there. I read that when I was reading about some Argento stuff. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, dual relationships. Um, so one of the big ones is you can't have a romantic or sexual relationship mm-hmm. with somebody that you're, that is your client because that's exploited. Which at least so far that it's not the case yes, with this book. Yes, that's right. That's one of the big ones like in yes. ethics is because it's like, yeah, you have more power than them. Like the power different, the power relations are so unequal that even if the person doesn't feel exploited, it's still like you're taking advantage of them mm-hmm. and it's your responsibility as a professional to not do that. Because if you did and then they did make a claim against you, a complaint, the burden of proof is on you to prove that you're innocent or that you're okay. not guilty. So it's not innocent until proven guilty. No, it's, it's the other way around. Yeah, exactly. Someone can level a complaint against you and then it's your responsibility to prove that, no, this is not the case. Mm, okay, interesting. Yeah, and that's what the role you take on as the professional. Right. So um, I, I feel like the dual relationship is just all the way through this book with everything yeah. they do. And like, like at it. a certain point, like he, he plays it like he's not trying to be suggestible or that he's trying to be very critical of what she's saying, like in a professional sense. Mm-hmm. Yet um, he's the one that introduced her to a priest to talk about the problems in terms of religion. And uh, I believe eventually accompanies her to Rome to go have a Vaticanal visit about... Okay, because I okay I get like sure giving a referral to perhaps like pastoral counseling or something. Yeah, because she does okay. ask for that, but then like right. he accompanies yeah, like, and we're like in, travel invites together. he invites the priest to his office to sit in on sessions and stuff like that, like with her blessing seemingly. But mm-hmm. it's just that's why it's so weird. Like she seems okay with all this stuff that's mm-hmm. happening, but but perfect. Yeah, ethically speaking, it's it's sketchy at best. 
And I mean, I don't know what the, how much the ethical standards and uh, like codes of practice have changed mm-hmm. since whenever this would have been 80s. Um, this book was 1980, I believe. Okay. So taking place probably even in like the late 70s. Yeah, late 70s. I okay. think they said something like 77 or something. Yeah, because I mean, there's, I think a lot of what we have today would have still been in practice, just maybe not yeah. as clearly defined. Like now in a lot of the ethical documents I've, I've seen or heard some of the psychologists at work talking about like, oh my God, like they go into detail with some examples of like what you cannot, or, you know, this is what constitutes sexual harassment and just kind of like giggling gotcha. almost because it's like, this seems like it should be so obvious, but so, so many workplace guidelines or safety things are, you know, you have to realize they're all written in blood, right? It's, yeah. it's like somebody has done this, whether it's some kind of safety thing that's like that. Was, the one that gets me is uh, this fucking hair straightening yes. thing. And it's a don't use on your eyelashes. And I feel so fucking bad for whoever, whoever did, did yeah. that they had to put this on the product. Exactly. And they just have to cover their asses in writing. And they, so you can't say, well, I didn't know. I didn't know to stick a hot iron in my eyes. I didn't know eyes. that like grabbing somebody's ass counts as sexual harassment it's like well it's right there so um yeah i don't know if it was probably wasn't that detailed back then again Mm -hmm. we're not dealing with sexual harassment so whether or not but that's kind of that's kind of the big one on this client relationship kind of thing because yeah there's just so much potential for harm there but yeah this um because one of the one of the things with psychologists and psychiatrists as well generally is that if there's kind of an agreement and they'll often go over this with you as part of um like the informed consent procedure, but they'll usually tell you that um, if they were to see you out in public, they mm. would basically pretend that they don't know you. So if you, as a client, want to say hi or like do anything, that's what I've been told yeah. by by people. It's just the kind of thing where it's just like if you don't want to acknowledge me, that is fine. Yeah. I'm I not going to yeah, take it. I will it never here. acknowledge you yes. as if I know you. But if you want to initiate that then I'm not going to be like, what? I don't know you. Because, like, yeah, I've seen the- someone, yeah. like, that that, that I had seen uh, in out in the wild, and right. I waited and said hi, and it wasn't until I did that that they went, oh, hey. And yeah. then, like, they saw me. We saw each other, and it took me a second to, like, say hi. Yeah. But it wasn't until that that they're like, okay, this is okay, because exactly. you're, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, but as far as Michelle Remembers goes, this book, when taking its face value is such a harrowing, like, disturbing read. Mm. Like, everything that happens is so fucked up. And even not at face value, you feel like there's clearly some really awful child abuse that is going, you know, whole, like, like, trauma yeah, like, related trauma, to it. There's trauma here. Absolutely. But this book, as well as Satanic Ritual Abuse, which you refer to as Satanic Ritual Abuse Syndrome for a reason, has been thoroughly debunked as not a thing. Yeah, as like false memories, memory implantation, like suggestive leading questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just so many things that just have no validity or basis in reality. Yeah, to, I think a good way to sort of sum up how this stuff sort of shook out, it is a fictional accounting, but I want to put a clip in from session nine here when mm. they're talking about how the hospital got shut down. Okay. Uh, Before we play the clip, I do want to mention that it does make reference to sexual violence and abuse. Mm -hmm. So just keep that in mind when we go into it. Patricia Willard, she was committed here in the 1970s by her parents. Manic depression, that sort of thing. Typical adolescent crap. But in the 1980s, this new kind of therapy took off, repressed memory therapy. See, the shrinks figured that with these new techniques they designed, they could release hidden memories 
of traumatic events in your life, rape, incest. So Patricia, with the help of her doctors, recalls that when she was 10, her father raped her. <laughs> but not once, right? Now, he'd do it three times a week. And he didn't just rape her. He came into her room at night wearing a black robe. He'd take her and drive her to a wooded area where her grandparents and her mother were. And they'd all have black robes on. They'd take them off and group orgies would ensue. And then they'd bring out the newborn. She was forced to watch as her mother would cut this baby's heart out with a stone dagger. She'd drink the blood, others would eat the flesh. Her grandfather and father would fuck her repeatedly. She was forced to have abortions and they'd cook the aborted fetuses. Enough. I'm... This happened here? Oh yeah, everywhere. Satanic ritual abuse syndrome. It's big in the 80s. Destroyed a lot of families. Patricia was ready to sue hers. It was all set to go to trial and... What? She dropped the suit. Why? Well, her parents discovered a physical examination she'd undergone about a year prior. Turns out, she was a virgin. <laughs> and none of it happened. Okay, so it's one of those things where a lot of this stuff was, uh, it wasn't real. It was twisted into this sort of, like, Satanism as the, the boogeyman to cover so many other different possible things. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not trying to deny trauma or, no. or anything like that, but... But black masses with all of, you know, these people being ritualistically sacrificed, yet no missing persons. All of these, you know, teenage girls who, are, uh, who have said, like, oh, yeah, I've had I've been impregnated three times and they ripped out the fetus every time and set it on fire or force-fed yeah. it to me. Or It's like, no. Didn't happen didn't like happen. that. didn't happen. Yeah, like, I mean, um, we'll get to it a bit later, but in that X-Files we watched, yeah. Scully even pointed out, it's just like, there would be thousands of missing people to, to, to back this shit up yeah. if it was real. Like, it is played up like it's a big, organized... This is the biggest conspiracy ever. Yeah, yeah. and it's like, it just logistically, even on a purely logistic level, mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. So, it's one of those things where, like, I'm not gonna sit here and say, you're all, like... 100% liars fabricating this for a thrill. I'm not going to sit here and cast aspersions on the people who 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 did the uh who had this as a syndrome or anything like that. But what the fuck? You know, yeah. like a big what the fuck at uh satanic ritual abuse. And just that the so-called professionals that aided and abetted and just like made it, made it a thing. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, um, we've talked about this a couple of times since watching the episode, but I think of, um, or since watching the movie, but I think of in Tales from the Hood, where the kid, based on his framework as a child, he's like, oh, there's a monster. Yes. That is attacked. So this would, so as I see this, it's like, there's a trauma happening there. The kid is making sense of it the best way they can, but instead of helping them, like, translate it into reality and what really happened it's like the doctors are like yes monsters and what else it's turning into the delusion as, yes. as the fact and feeding into it and being like yes this is absolutely factual what else can you tell me oh well mm. you know what actually there were more monsters and there was a whole cult with the, like yeah so yeah that, that's how i i guess hypothesize that kind of reminds me of the video nasty scare where um mm -hmm. 
kids were talking about all these horror movies they saw when they were pressed about it. And it's like, oh, yeah, I've seen all of them. I've seen so many. I'd watch disgusting movie every weekend and stuff. And so they did a second test where they just put fake titles on the list, asked kids, like, which ones they'd seen. And they were recounting all these movies they'd seen and how violent they were and all the blood in them and stuff. And these movies that they were talking about didn't Didn't exist. exist. And they did it specifically, like, have you seen this? Talked about the title. And they said it's like, like, they confirmed that they're talking about this particular title. And the kid's like, yeah, I saw that movie. I remember it. Right. And it's like, this isn't a movie. No, no, there's a certain amount of when you're getting attention, I guess, that it's like you, our inner bullshit artists can come out. <laughs> or I think of um, from like the very first psych class I ever took in my first uni- university, um, I think it was talking about false memories and uh, study or test or whatever that was done where they were actually able to convince, like implant a false memory in a child by, because they kept asking him like, oh, yeah, you remember that time you, like, got lost at the mall or got lost at the carnival or something Mm -hmm. like that? And they kept asking him as if it happened and giving little details, like, oh, yeah, this happened, this happened. And eventually the kid was like, yeah, I remember that. Mm -hmm. And was able to recount some of the details that had been, like, fed to him. Okay. So, yeah, it's... It's a very ethical... Yeah, yeah, um, kids are... Kids especially are very... Suggestible is that mm-hmm. like I don't think that's right. You know what I mean? Like they're very um, oh, open to suggestion, open to suggestion, thing. perceptive yeah. to that. Yeah, receptive. I guess would yes. be the better word. So um, and then yeah, when you have someone who's traumatized, whose memory is probably like fucked around because you know trauma can either make you like hyper remember things, like as if there's you know could be those flashbacks and stuff as if it's happening you can smell it you can taste you feel mm-hmm. sense every, you know all the senses a light just like lit up and as if it's happening again mm-hmm. or you can have the other thing ha- happen where it's just like your memory goes to shit so you have someone who's like okay something happened i i only remember spits and spurts and then you have some fucking doctor who's like oh yeah 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 what you're saying is 100 percent true what else tell yeah. me more and this person who's finally listening to you it's it's just a it's recipe for like so much yeah. ethically shitty and stuff. Media didn't really help with this uproar <laughs> either because, no. like, I remember that movie, Faces of Death, purported to be a hundred percent real right. footage, which you know was actually most of it was faked. Um, they include a satanic sacrifice in there, and it's like, yeah, they're playing it up like this is real. This is a California-based Satan cult, or um, there's another Mondo movie from Australia called Australia After Dark where they have some ritualistic sacrifice and um, they reveal in uh, Not Quite Hollywood, the documentary about exploitation, like the guy who made it was just like, yeah, that was just me and my and my mates in the backyard. <laughs> you know, we we hosted a fake ritual just to film it and say this is what's really happening. Isn't that, wouldn't that be most satanic calls just like some guys and their mates in the backyard? That's true. That's true. It could still be genuine and also be that. Yes. But anyway, we're talking children, and I think that is a perfect launching point into our first movie. We watched Suffer Little Children, 1983. Oh, daddy. Very cursed. Um, You should explain how this movie got made. Okay, so this is a shot on video, very amateurish, clunky production that was put out by Intervision on DVD fairly recently. And it's one of those things that it's kind of confusing and perplexing to look at. And then when you read the backstory about it, it's even more like, what the <laughs> fuck? Because it was filmed and cast, like it's largely kids in the movie, using the kids who populated this drama school. Like it was just like these kids that were learning how to act and all that stuff. 
the people that ran the school decided we're going to use these kids and we're going to make a horror movie. And then they made this really fucked up out there, like satanic panic movie with the kids. And it got so much heat when it came out, like so much controversy because uh, you're not supposed to put kids in movies like this. (laughs) Especially not professionals. Yeah. So, And this is also in the UK where the video nasty scare happened. Yeah, this would have been right around the time that was kicking up. Yeah, so it was just the perfect cultural moment Mm -hmm. in time. Yeah. Um, This movie starts by saying it takes place in New Malden, which was great because that is right next to where my parents live and I've been several times. (laughs) So, yeah, I've at least I've, I've been through the. the we the go train through the train station, station like any time we leave. Yeah, um, but it's all sort of connected up. It's mm-hmm. like the next neighborhood over. So yeah, I found that London area right on the little fucking beginning text crawl. I was already laughing. Like, I've been there. <laughs> so what we have is we have this orphanage care home, foster care for kids, like abandoned kids, abandoned kids, kids. parentless children. Yeah, and uh, one day this. A little girl shows up at the door. She's mute. No one knows how she got there. She's just got a note saying that she needs to be taken care of. And so they bring her into the home and put her in with all the children. And, like, immediately this shit starts hitting the fan. Like, we get all these shots of this kid doing these menacing looks. Like, you know, a budding (laughs) British Sadako from the ring kind of deal. Um, The long, dark hair and just the very menacing that look that's sort of like looking over your glasses on your nose if you had glasses yes and kids start getting hurt like randomly like a kid falling down the stairs and blood pouring out of his face yeah this kid falls (laughs) down the stairs like right from the top he falls down the flight of stairs to the bottom his back and then his like and he just spits blood blood everywhere right amazing um there's that one kid who's just walking the door slams in their face and fucks them up yeah uh and so people are just like what the hell's going on they want to get to the bottom of why these kids are getting hurt but they don't really know anything they can't really figure it out it just seems like accident upon accident but But, so many at once yeah and they're noticing that this kid the new kid is has sort of this almost gravitational pull to a few of the other kids like they're just around her all the time yeah she has a little squad that forms and seems to uh possibly be covering up her mischief or something yeah like there's that one scene where the uh there's these two um i want to say older girls Mm -hmm. that uh they're having a nightmare like they're both having the same nightmare it looks like right of this fucking like random zombie coming out of this ramshackle house and having a tea party with them and like zombies come out of the ground (laughs) it's just like we're gonna have a zombie tea party and uh and then in reality the two the two kids are like cuddled up they have their heads on the new girl's lap and she's petting their hair like implanting these evil thoughts in their brain (laughs) um doing like some devilry and all that anyway so the movie kind of continues in this fashion uh they get a visit from a pop star that they're all obsessed with like all the kids that used used to be yeah yeah, used used to to be be a kid there and this all eventually culminates in a black mask going down like, would it be fair to call this a black mask kind yes. of thing? Like, the girl stands there say. in this robe, like, this fucking tight-ass robe. I, like, it's so good. Um, <laughs> and then she suddenly, like, tra- transforms into an adult, mm-hmm. but then back into a child later. Yeah, and she's got this gravelly demon voice. Yes, and they, like, crucify a guy. Yeah, like, all kinds of shit happens. Yeah. Like, she's chanting, and there's, like, candles lit, and all the, all the, the kids are, like, chanting. 
Yeah. Two. Do you remember what they're what they're doing? Like, come devil, come. Something like that. Come, yeah. Come devil, come. <laughs> they're just chanting it, and then the kids go on a murder spree and just start stabbing the fuck out of the other kids that aren't part of it. Like, like adults. Like that one kid is compelled to stab themselves in the leg until right. they bleed out. Yeah. Um, that adult gets like. Like, the pop star dude gets stabbed, like, a hundred fucking times by multiple children. Um, that one dude gets a knife in the back of his head, and then there's this great little shot that was, like, you could tell how they pulled off this very cheap effect, but the knife comes out of his mouth slowly, <laughs> and he just, like, spits up all his blood, and... There's a lot of blood spitting in this movie. Yeah, because it's shot on video, and this was video in 1983, so, like, having a video camera that is affordable, it's not good quality kind of mm. thing, right? I will give them props on their blood looking really good. Yes. Yeah, like so many big budget movies had garbage looking blood, but this one, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess at the end, Jesus shows up and they have like a magic battle. They do. I forgot about that yeah. happening entirely. Yeah, they, they get, it's like they crucify the dude and then... He turns Jesus into Jesus? Yeah. Yeah, it's and he like shoots lasers out of his fingers or yeah. something like that. It's it's <laughs> and vanquishes the evil. Awesome. It yeah it it slaps. And the other thing that fucking slaps about this is the, is the song, that, song that is stuck in our heads, where it's like this is a song that's playing at the party that all the little kids are dancing to. <laughs> and how does it go? Suffer, 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 little children. <laughs> over and over, over again, and it's like over. this is this is very appropriate. It's like the song that never ends, but it's just suffer, 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 little children. So appropriate for a foster home, you know? <laughs> um, it's some goddamn rock music. But yeah, so this felt very appropriate for a Satanic Panic episode, given yes. that it was children. And I mean, there was so much of Think of the Children in terms of the Satanic Panic, mm-hmm. but then there was Think of the Children in terms of the production of this fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And the thank you to the parents at the end for, like, putting up with us or yep. whatever it yep. said. Yeah. <laughs> or bearing with... I don't remember. It was funny. Yeah. It was like, big thanks to the students. Big thanks to the parents for putting up with it. <laughs> I mean, the students kicked ass. Like... Oh, yeah. They yeah, were they great. Rule. Good for them. Yeah. No, this was really fun. Uh, what did you think of it in terms of the satanic panic, like, with children? Yeah, like you said, it's think of the children in, in two, on two levels. And yeah, I, th- I just think it's such an interesting cultural text in that it's playing with all those tropes in the midst of the satanic panic happening. It's not one of these sort of like look back nostalgic kind of things or whatever. Yeah, this it's... would have only been three years after Michelle Remembers yeah. came out. and So it's while... not sort of like post-satanic, like we now know this is, we now call it ritual abuse syndrome. Yeah, and... ri- satanic ritual abuse was a, that a was thing a, yeah, on the collective like, consciousness at this yes, point. Yes, because it was this epidemic of all these people have remembering across the country that their parents are part of all these devil cults that are Mm -hmm. doing terrible, terrible abusive things to children. Mm -hmm. And it may even be international and it may be millions of people and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, this, this is such a, yeah, it's great to see something happening at that moment that is captured and yeah. Rather than purely like, let's do a look back. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's in the midst of it. It's, it's, it's happening. So yeah, that's really cool. One thing I found kind of interesting is it was definitely supernatural. Like mm-hmm. the 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 girl was supposed to be satanic, and she like turns into the doll, has the demon voice, and all that. But a lot of the outward violence and stuff followed that sort of satanic ritual thing, where it was her influence made the other kids commit crimes, mm-hmm. and they were very they like they weren't supernatural. Like it was a, a other than perhaps the uh, possession or suggestion going on. 
but you know, it's like kids with knives stabbing people. That maybe also kind of hit a little hard in the UK because knife mm-hmm. violence is and has been uh, a big issue. It's come up in the press a lot and all that, and uh, there's been regulation debate over it and so an endless questioning about what could make the kids do this yeah our children and satan's influence obviously so we get uh, a movie where it is satan it is quite literally the supernatural influence that comes in yeah out of this mysterious stranger who out yeah. of nowhere and is so unassuming because it's a it's a mute little orphan girl so it kind of adds into the more quote-unquote huge scare quotes around this next word believability of satanic ritual abuse because um it's not like demons coming to life and causing all this torment it's we only know that because we see what the kids engaged in the ritual are privy to right um the uh violence and attacks and all that they take the form of maybe what a media would say is the influence of satan on kids Mm -hmm. so it really kind of hit on that very closely played with that very very much yeah. Uh, what did you think of this one as a movie? I mean, yeah, it was cursed as hell, but it it was it was fun. Like given um, given what it is and how it was made and everything, big appreciation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I said, the kids went all out. They're great. Yeah. So that was really awesome. I like it when you actually get to see actual kids playing kids and like yes. having fun and doing their best and swearing. And swearing. I know you yeah. have a big sauce spot oh for kids God, swearing. Kids swearing is the funniest shit ever. We should do an episode just called kids swearing or something. Yeah. It's just like, I like that. Uh, we'll I don't do know if a... we would have enough to talk about. Oh, we could do Kathy's curse. We could do sleepaway yeah, camp. We could do shocker. Thing. Like there's a bunch that have like kids just going. I mean, off. about kids swearing. Do we have enough to talk about? Oh, that's true. <laughs> I guess we could just get some kids on and ask them what their yeah. favorite swears are. You know, kids. I do know kids. I don't know if I want to get them to swear, but I, um, well, I did see someone I'm friends with, uh, she posted recently that her five and a half year old was like, mommy, what's the F word? Is it shit? <laughs> <laughs> oh, kids are precious. I love kids. <laughs> oh, that's fucking gold. Oh, or, yeah. I remember babysitting, like, he was like a three year old. He's like, dad said we can't say stupid or asshole. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, I have seen you heard dad say that word, and he really doesn't want you to say it. That's so <laughs> Do not repeat after. Don't say stupid or asshole. Okay, so you can't say stupid, or, you know, listing all these kid words that are, you know, oh, idiot is a swear. You can't say stupid, can't say idiot, you can't say asshole. I'm like, that's oh, classic. I, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a bad word to say. I would be bad. I would not be a good disciplinarian as soon as I'm a kid so starts swearing. I would just start laughing. laughing. Especially when they use the word right. Like, oh, correctly God. in the right context, and like a sentence. Probably, ah, like, oh, shit, that's like. Or uh, the guy, the little guy used to nanny, I guess the first time he had an accident after getting potty trained, he like walked up to his mom and was like, I pissed my pants. And she's like, where did you learn this? But he's using it right. So like. That's, that's gold. Oh God. So funny. Moving away from the children, but Mm -hmm. into a very sort of classic kind of like, it almost plays like the urban legend of like the satanic ritual abuse kind of thing, uh, as well as like the uh, whole like babysitter horror story we Mm -hmm. watched house of the devil from 2009 yeah we have a uh, college student who she is she needs some cash she's about to move into a new place and is bluffed like oh yeah i have the money for the damage deposit and all this stuff Mm -hmm. so she needs some cash by the end of the week um fun thing the landlord that she's uh talking to is um i believe that's sybil danning from mm -hmm. cult 
No, no, D. Wallace. It's D. Wallace. Okay. From cult movie fame. I don't know why yeah, I said Sybil Danning, not even there close. There are some culty people in this movie. Yeah, there's a few. Including um, my fave. Oh, like yes. Queen. We, we will definitely get yeah. into that. So um, she finds a poster on campus saying that they need a babysitter. That's very mm. urgent. She calls. Um, they say they'll meet. She gets stood up, so she's kind of pissed off. Um, ends up getting followed up with and saying, like, yeah, I was so sorry. Um, you know, we thought we had somebody else, but, you know, it fell through. The person wasn't very reliable. So, you know, we're desperate. We absolutely need you. It's the, and, and the, the night coming up that they need her for is it's the night of the, the lunar eclipse. Yes. There's and, a lot of to do about the lunar yes, eclipse. And so going you get on. this idea that these people, they want to go out for some viewing party or mm-hmm. something of the sort around this event that the girl couldn't give less of a shit about. Yeah. So she's like, okay, okay. And they're like, you know, we'll pay you so much money. And yeah, we're so sorry for the whole runaround that we've given you and stuff. Please. She's like, okay, yeah, I'll take, you know, a hundred bucks or whatever to just sit around and watch TV. As a lot of babysitting is, especially when it's late at night and kids are asleep. Yeah. Um, and so she goes out to this property in the middle of nowhere, gets a ride from her friend who's pissed that she took the gig. Yeah, it seems sketchy, seems as, sketchy fuck. as fuck. And uh, yeah, she gets there and finds out that she's not babysitting a child. She's staying home with the elderly mother of this older couple. Mm-hmm. Or the, I guess that's the husband's mother, but they yeah. just refer to her as mother. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, we're so sorry. We thought it was actually the wife's mother. That that's what they said. Oh, okay. I thought it was the husband's. It was someone's it was, mother. It was one of their moms. It was a mother. It was a mother. It was a and, uh, yeah, she's just asleep upstairs. We're so sorry we lied to you, but, you know, nobody wants to do geriatric care. But really, it's kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. If anything, she's more independent than a baby. Mm-hmm. But if you stay, we'll pay, we'll, we'll double your pay. And they, they settle on, I don't know, something ridiculous, like $400 yeah, or something. Yeah, 400 bucks for one night. Yeah. So Which is 1983 money when this movie was set. Oh, that's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. yeah. I mean, hell, $400 for, for babysitting. Oh, yeah, like, today that'd be a lot of money. But I mean, like, like this is uh this covers her first month rent in this fucking house she's renting and then some. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's she's made. So her friend's supposed to come and get her later. Um, and as she's in this house, you know, mother is she's upstairs, she's asleep, she's very independent, she won't she probably won't need anything, but just in case, that's why we have you here. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, it's a very slow burn from there. And you know, various stuff is the house is is very creepy. Yeah, that's kind of what the slow burn is. Is it's yeah. just uh, her alone in this creepy ass house. house, and just kind of like trying to amuse herself, but at the same time, like this is kind of creepy. It's dark. It's uh, musty. The people, it's... I'm like they're they've given me the runaround. They're super sketchy. Yeah, like they seem pleasant enough. Like they're they're classy old people, old yeah. white people with this beautiful ass property house and stuff. So it's like. They have all these all these signifiers of normal people, yeah. like white, upper middle class, property owners, yeah. heterosexual, married. Like If you all, couldn't tell, there's sarcasm dripping yes. off of her voice. Yeah, but I mean, all of these things that, like, these are the exact people you'd say, oh, we, we never suspect never suspected anything from them. They're just this lovely retired couple. These They were white, for goodness sake. Like, yeah. Yeah. And at this point, we, the audience, know something's up because we've seen a few things happen, for instance, yes. with her friend. We've seen her friend get her fucking face shot off. Yeah, we've seen Greta Gerwig, director yes. of Lady Bird, get her face shot off. We've seen um, when upstairs in the room that mother is supposedly in, 
There's a whole bunch of fucking, like, sacrificed dead bodies in a fucking, like, blood pentagram on the floor. Yep. So, yeah, we know that something is fucking up, and this girl is like, no, it's fine, it's fine. Like, she has a sense that things like, are Like, she off. doesn't know these things yeah, are happening. Yeah, she doesn't know she's... these things are happening. Like, she, she, she has a sense, I think, yeah. that, like, she's creeped out, but she's like, no, it's it's fine. I'm just overreacting. I'm paranoid, I'm paranoid. Yeah. I'm just making my money. I'm going to get to go home. She can't get a hold of her friend, but yeah. it's fine. It's probably fine. It's also the 80s. There's no texting. Ex- it's yes. like calling a landline yeah, from a landline exactly. kind of deal. Yeah, she orders her pizza mm-hmm. and tr- she's trying to have a normal night. And yeah, so it's a slow burn that's just like so creepy. And then mm-hmm. when the big moments happen, they just fucking smash. They yeah. don't just hit, they smash. So Totally mash it. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it just it, it culminates in this wild <laughs> like ritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where um, yeah, the eclipse is happening. Our 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 girl is uh, tied up in some nightgown. Yep. You're not sure if she's gonna be sacrificed or what's happening. You see mother. She's horrifying looking. Yeah. Um. You know they they force her to drink blood out of a ram skull kind of deal. So very ritualistic. Yeah. Very satanic. Oh, and I guess I didn't mention I mentioned my queen is in this movie, but we didn't get into detail. Um. The the wife. Of the, of the, the guy, yeah. Of the, yeah, the the wife and the couple is Mary Warnoff. Our queen, none other Mary than Warnoff. Oh, she's yours too. Oh, I love her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, she's my queen. Yes, I know you you her. you use that wording specifically more than I do, but no, it's like as soon as I see her Still name, fucking got it in two thousand nine. Yeah, cheekbones forever. Like seriously, as soon as she I see her name, her I'm wig sold. Off. Yeah, yeah, she snatches her own wig off, and I was just like, oh, beautiful. Oh yeah, um. But yeah, this one plays with a lot of the tropes mm-hmm. of like both the babysitter horror yes. and the satanic panic thing. Yeah. Like um, for the babysitter horror thing, I'm thinking specifically, I, I'd heard this as like, you know, sort of the, it happened to a friend of a friend right. of mine, urban legend, but um, they get her by, she orders the pizza and we find out that it's their large adult son who <laughs> is posing as the pizza man. Yeah. And um or maybe he's a pizza man. Maybe it's just fortuitous, Maybe you know? it's just the only pizza joint around. And um, he happens to be working that night. But, yeah, um, the pe- she ends up trying the pizza. She has some, but it clearly doesn't taste so good, so she dumps the rest. Um, so it takes a while, but eventually the drugs yeah, and the pizza right. kick in and knock her out. Um, and I just remember that from a few urban legends where there would be some, like, oh, she's at home alone and she's scared, but, oh, it's just the pizza guy, all of the pizza. And then it turns out the pizza was drugged. And all it was, along, like, yeah. like, I've heard stories like that before. Um, mm-hmm. And just, uh, and then, you, like you said, for the ritual, the imagery is just so choice. Like, it felt like you were watching a Cradle of Filth music video kind of thing. <laughs> like, it's, you got the pentagrams, you got the robes, you got her on the altar kind of thing, the blood from the ram skull, the big sacrificial dagger. Um, it's, it just, it, it feels like the idealized isn't the right word but the, the like the hegemonic satanic <laughs> ritual <perfect>. you know <laughs> yeah this this um this feels like this is it's funny i, I like in, the, in a similar sort of thing that we see happen in the new suspiria mm. you and i were like it's so over the top but at the same time it feels like it didn't go hard enough this yeah. feels like it's like this is what like suspiria wishes okay like i think this hit it just right okay okay 
Interesting. comparatively speaking. I don't know. I have to watch the Spiri again, though. Yeah, I came away from... We're talking the new Suspiria, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I came away with that with um, probably more complaints than positives, but it, it left me conflicted in a way where it's like, after we talked about it more, it's like, okay, I really want to see this again. Yeah, me too. You know, like, I'm a diehard Suspiria fan, but I'm also one of those, like, I don't get upset that remakes exist kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like, I will watch remakes and of movies like, I so love. I'm not 14 anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've seen remakes of movies where the remakes are awful, but then it's just like, well, that sucked. Guess I'll just watch the original. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So I wasn't going into it like that. Right. But yeah. So yeah, we watch the Spiria sometime. We'll figure it out for an episode. Yeah. Anyway. Um, House of the Devil. House of the Devil. Uh, how did you feel like as far as like satanic panicky stuff? Was there anything that we kind of missed that? Um, I guess there's not like it's not satanic panic in the same way the other one mm-hmm. is yeah. or that some of the other stuff we watched. It's more um, like you know, even though it takes place, it's like 80s set-ish. Yeah, it's like the background of the horror fits that satanic panic kind of. But it's not actually present. It's just all about the eclipse is all that's really going on. But that's, I mean, it's in the background kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, but I mean, like, not even, um, like, it's it's in the background of the time, but it's not in the background of the movie necessarily. Like, it, Oh, I see, like, you would like, say it's not the ritualistic abuse syndrome kind no, of thing. Exactly. No, no, yeah, no, no, okay, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, not. Yeah, there's no um, conversations about, like, oh my god, all that stuff going on, did you hear about that in the media? Like, it's, it's, you can read into it, I guess, given the time that the movie is set in, but it's not explicitly ever mm-hmm. even in the background of the movie. I feel like, um, well, I mean, the satanic panic was the phrase that was a little more umbrella for, mm-hmm. like, all the satanism stuff, you know, like, heavy metal turns yes. you evil kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, Marilyn Manson calls cost Columbine. Oh, God. Um, Everyone knows he loves the devil. It, it does feel like the imagery and the ritual and all that stuff very much parallels mm-hmm. what the ritual abuse that's descriptions fair, yeah. were kind and so of much like all the satan tropes now at this point do really y- y- that, yes yeah it came it, from somewhere right? exactly <laughs> the source material over imaginative little kids mm-hmm. or adult grown-up former kids right uh what did you think of this one i really liked it um i, I think it did the slow burn really that's well that's interesting because the vibe i got from you is a little low-key like maybe you didn't like it oh. like when we no as we were watching that, that's how i was reading oh, it interesting. off you yeah no <laughs> as, yeah. as we were watching i was like I'm into this. Okay. No, yeah, because I really like this one. Yeah. Um, this is my second time viewing, mm-hmm. and I was left kind of a little hot and cold the first time. Like, I liked it, but it was less like, that was kind of an odd one. And seeing it a second time, I liked it yeah. a lot more. I mean, it's odd, yes. Yes. I will give it, yeah, I'll give it that. But I yeah, I, def- I don't think I left with, like, mixed feelings the same way I have about Suspiria, for right. instance. So, um, yeah, I really, I enjoyed it. I'd cool. watch it again. Okay, well then we will definitely have to watch uh, The Innkeepers, his next movie. Deal. And then The Sacrament, which is his uh, Vice Goes to Jonestown movie. Oh, excellent. So yeah, this is Ty West. He <laughs> was in You're Next as the guy who directs commercials and gets the arrow in the eye. Oh, I'm, it was okay, that dude. okay. Yeah. Okay, but anyway, trivia aside, uh, next we watched The Devil's Reign. From 1975. Now, of yes, all the cursed did. movies we watched this week, would you say this is the most cursed? Yeah, maybe. Because, I mean, the whole premise of Suffer Little Children is cursed. Extremely cursed. Yeah. But, um... At, it, it's, a, it's a two-syllable word. It has a word. reason to be cursed. This one is yeah. just, like... What? 
this song. <laughs> it was a drive-in favorite of the day. And, and I can see why. Yeah, totally. This, this would totally play well in a big drive-in where you're just macking in your car and everyone's all looking up and being like, that dude melted. Like, oh my god. Um, yeah. No, that, see, I, no yeah. that sounds like I'm shitting on it. I don't hate this movie that much or anything <laughs> like that, but... Uh, Severn Films put this out in a nice restoration recently, and that's the one we watched. And uh, what a cast. Yeah! You got Ernest Borgnine, you got... Billy Shatz. Billy Shatz. William, <laughs> William Shatner. Shatner. Jesus Christ. Uh, John Travolta. John Travolta in like his first role. You got Tom Skerritt from Alien, and so, you know, you got some big names in yeah, there. Yeah, it seems almost like stunt casting but like but the thing is the time it came out it's like it wasn't it wasn't so yeah. the, the context today seems like in like a stunt casting but you're like oh it's not nor is it played as such yeah yeah um the plot of this one is we get billy shatz that's <laughs> his name forever now it's canon <laughs> denny crane uh, oh jesus i never watched that uh, that's what I, I i mean yeah i didn't watch star trek as a kid so when i I think I was, I don't know, 11 or 12 when Boston Legal started, okay. and my dad fucking loved that Oh, I've show. heard it's good. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 it's funny, so, but yeah, that was my sort of introduction to William Shatner, really, or at least my regular introduction, like, okay, seeing okay. him, so I was like, oh, it's Denny Crane. It's Billy Shatz, Denny Crane. And, uh, James Spader is Alan Shore. That was also my big introduction to him, so everything I've seen him in since is like, oh, how, wow. How long on being a potato was he with Boston Legal? Not. He was still, like... This was, no, I think it was um, whatever he's doing. Oh, now. wait, I'm thinking David Duchovny, aren't I? You are. I mean, James Spader, he, like, overnight suddenly aged. Oh, he was that dude who stayed young for so long and then he hit that young. wall. Yeah, and then now, and then I remember seeing a commercial for whatever he's in now, The Blacklist, I think. Okay. It's been going on for a few years, and I was like, I did do double take. I'm like, is that? It was kind of like him? with Sean Connery, you have like 007 Sean Connery, yeah. 007 Sean Connery, then overnight, now he's like, like now I have white silver hair, hair and, beard yeah, guy. And it's like, yeah. who the fuck, what happened to you? Yeah, time. Time happened, <laughs> yes. Anyway, <laughs> no so. No offense, like he's still a good actor and stuff. But anyway. Anyway, Devil's Reign. We're, Dave, get, Devil's we're getting Rain. very off track we this are. episode. Devil's Reign, um, what we have is Billy Schatz is at home trying to reassure his mother who's really fucked up over the fact that his father isn't here. And so it's like fucking weird right off the bat that it's weird. Billy Shatner, he doesn't look that much younger than his mom. He's supposed to play like a young man. Yeah, and he's, it's like, he's, he has that like um, that like Lance Henriksen thing going where it's like, was that dude ever young yep. or was he just born like middle aged and then just aged from there? What, what did I say? I said, it's like, oh man, I bet he had a middle life crisis in his teens or something <laughs> right? like that. Like, yeah, no, it's like, you know, they have looks. Mm. And they're very they're very distinguished looking, mm-hmm. for sure. But it's just like, did they ever look young? Yeah. So, um, that was interesting. But he's trying to reassure her when all of a sudden their dad shows up at the front door. But he has no eyes. And he says something about this book. And it's like, you need to give Corbis the book. And, like, we're in the dark as to who the yeah, fuck like, who the anyone fuck is. Corbis? Is. They keep talking, it's like, no, Corbis is coming. Like, they know who Corbis is. It's like, we'll leave Corbis out of this. Fuck Corbis. And it's and just we're like, like, who? Is uh, that, like, is that, like, Satan's human name? Like, like we're sitting there waiting for it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and they have this book hidden in the base, in like in the baseboards, yeah. um, and this pendant that's supposed to be protective, but it doesn't really help him out at no, all, it really does it? Doesn't. He gets fucked up a whole bunch despite the pendant. <laughs> but anyway, they got the dad that shows up with no eyes. They're like, it's not him. It just has his face, and then he turns into like a bag of skin and just melts like with dayglow colors, kind of thing. Like he's like hyper color inside, and so he goes to 
confront Corbus and he drives to this small fucking town in the middle of nowhere and Corbus is Ernest Borgnine and he just rocks up and is like, hey, my dude, how's it going? That's like, shit, you're Corbus. I hate you. And so they Let's decide... Have a battle of the faith. They have a faith battle where it's like, come into this church this and... New England looking church, but it's actually a church to Satan. Yes. But in Texas like middle, or something. Yeah, in the middle of the fucking desert. Um, in some place called Redstone or some shit. Yeah. So it sounds like Arizona or something. Oh, it could be. Yeah. But yeah, well, so... Texas or the desert. Okay. I don't know, because I, Any- I, just, I just think of Tombstone, Arizona. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Redstone. Um, he goes into the church, and there's a bunch of eyeless Satanists in there, and the Black Mass starts, and this is where we get that sort of typical Satanic Panic kind of thing, where they're all chanting, like, Regia Satana kind of thing, right? And come, devil, come. Basically, like, there's <laughs> it, a huge stained glass... Um, pentagram with a goat head in it. Yeah, it's um, They've got a crucifix that's wrapped in like a cloth and chained upside down on the altar. And extremely edgelord satanic. Imagery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this was 1975, so it wasn't, wasn't edgelord edgy yet. yet. It was just Satan kind of thing. Well, I guess it was kind of edgy, but not in like. Not in like a not edgelord, way. Not yeah. edgelord yeah. yeah. It was still being like, ooh, look what we're doing, but not in that like. It was like actually edgy as yes. opposed to edgelordy anyway. Anyway. Um, so he starts, Billy Shatz starts chanting about God and holding the pendant he got. Because they're, they're battling, because if if, uh, if Shatner wins... He gets his family faith, back. He gets his family back. Oh yeah, they've abducted his mother at this yes, point Yes, but too. if he loses, he has to give the book and like his fucking body slash soul to Corvus. To Corvus, yep. And um, he starts freaking out, and so they sort of like tied down crucify him upside down on the crucifix and <laughs> he loses the battle they swipe his shirt of course um yes. so we get lots of shirtless shots with like the scar of a pentagram on his chest yeah like it doesn't even look it looks like a brand or something mm-hmm. um you and don't then see it happen it just, it's just there it's just there and it's like oh shit so the movie just kind of kicks off with this yes and then after like 20 minutes of movie it suddenly blips there we are tom scarrett is at this university with his wife, his I think, wife. and she she is undergoing a hypnosis thing that it's like, yeah, she can mindfully control her own telepathy or something yes, like that. Yes, this is evidence of ESP. Like, this it's evidence that she has, uh, yeah, it, basically, and then he's just <laughs> yeah, like... Yeah, we're just like, okay, we'll just take the... Sure. And so Tom Scarrett and his wife go out to the desert to try and save his brother, Billy Schatz, and... Um, they run afoul of the Satanists, including uh, Satanist John Travolta, who Tom Scarrett kicks in the penis, and it's kind of <laughs> great, because he kicks him right in the wiener, and he falls down the stairs, and then we get the shot where his empty eye sockets turn into this flashback of, like, the fucking, like, pilgrim days and all that, <laughs> and that's where we find out that Corbus was, like, alive, king Satan and alive, and yeah, he, he, was, he was... he was, like, the Satanic Pope. He was, like, I am Satan's, like... Pope is the yeah, right word like, for I it. Yeah, he's like, I am the middleman between Satan and humanity. I am the chosen. So yeah, like basically the Pope. Yeah. And um, he ends up like these, he finds out that the Martin Fife, who is William Shatner, plays him. So he's like his descendant. Just his wife sold them all out to like the, uh, the Protestants or whatever the <laughs> fuck it was. I don't know. Yeah. Um, in hopes of saving her husband's soul. Yeah, and then instead the dude just like decides to burn her and her husband at the stake anyway, and despite the promise. And then they Corbus. of course burn Corbus. Yeah. And Corbus in his like as he's laughing, he's like, Come on, burn me, bitches, in his like last 
little hurrah, he points at uh, William Shatner and is just like, I'm going to get at you for eternity. Like, yeah. all your descendants are fucked kind of thing. Yeah, because and y'all wrote your name in Black Phillip's book. And basically. And until I get Black Phillip's book back, y- y'all I'm going to... Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to curse you and all your children. Yeah, so we get this flashback coming out of John Travolta's eyes after he apparently <laughs> died from getting kicked in the dick. <laughs> um, the so so this movie has layers. Um, <laughs> so many. And it's funny, it's like making more sense as you're recounting it than it did when I was watching it. <laughs> Somehow. My goofy-ass summary at least has a linear follow. It does! Um, yes, so, because, cause, yeah, when they when they get when they get Shatner and they're like, okay, Martin Fife, come take over this body. He's like, I'm not Martin Fife, I'm whatever my fucking name is. But, and it's something very similar. It's like Marvin Foof or something <laughs> shitty like that. <laughs> so we find out, oh, Marvin Fife, or Martin Fife, whatever the fuck his name is, was like him in a past life slash his ancestor. Yes. And, uh, and so Corbus he is, is the just descendant. fucking still Corbus. Mm-hmm. And I love how that means that Billy Shatz is the one that they're after, but his brother is not even on the radar. It's like, weren't they both the descendants? Like, that's how kids think, work, my but, dude. But he's the one who looks, who's identical. So it's yeah, been him in a previous life or something. Absolutely. Shit. He's the reincarnation or something. So um, Tom Skerritt and the professor at the university who just decides to hitch it along for a fucking ride <laughs> shows up and the world's longest black mass is happening because it spans over two nights and doesn't seem to progress yeah, it's like, at it's all. It's like night and then it's day and then, and then it's, it's night, night again. again. And it's like, okay. Um, but they go into the church and they find this urn that has this very great green screen effect of it being full of souls and rain. If you have ever seen the live action Scooby-Doo movie and you remember all the protoplasms. It's like that? It's like that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't watch recall that this. again and you're going to laugh your ass oh, off. Oh man. It's the devil's rain in Scooby-Doo. Yes. Scooby-Doo and the devil's rain. Yes. Um, so confrontation busts out and they smash the urn and we get like a 10 minute long sequence of all these satanists melting and they're full of hypercolor goo and it's yeah. so it's like paint great pouring out. like it looks like liquid latex like they're all yeah. busting a nut of liquid latex kind yeah. of thing and so i remember you're just like so this is where the all the budget went okay yeah and so yeah that on and it's a great sequence because the rain like just like long. bursts through the roof of the church and all these dudes start getting owned and then the and then the church catches on fire and eventually the church explodes, explodes yeah and yeah it's just it's so it's so much it's so dry and it's, it's perfect yeah for that. exactly so i like i get it yeah but I um understand. as far as satanic panic goes this is so much the weird notion of the rituals that, like, it's almost like the satanic panic was, like, these people saw Devil's Reign and then were like, it happened to me as a kid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Fucking but- Corvus, goat-faced fucker. Because he gets a goat face at times. That part's prosthetics pretty great. prosthetics are pretty excellent. I do love the effects in this. Even when they're cheap, I love them. Like the eye, the eyeless faces. Like yes, they're spooky. I will. Yeah. I will give them that. It's it's pretty gold. Um, so I'm almost afraid to ask. What did you think of this one? Again, it's it's extremely cursed, but it's like super fun. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, it's weird. You, you yeah. You have to kind of like how Lori described it. That's exactly what happens. It doesn't make any more sense than yeah. that. So if you go in with that, mm-hmm. then yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, if you're a fan of exploitation in general and you like the kind of like weird drive-in shenanigans that went on, then this movie's definitely up your alley. Yes. Um, but just think of it as like if you're actually a fan of exploitation, I'm not trying to do the gatekeeping like I'm yeah. a real fan, you're not. I mean like 
there's a lot of glossy movies that get called exploitation right. and it's like that it's just like that's one aspect aesthetic. yeah it's like look at these movies that they really were all about the trailers like can we cut a sellable trailer from this perfect it's a Done. movie grind it out exactly for our fourth movie we did something very different completely and we, different we watched in the name of satan a 40 minute documentary <laughs> from 1990 all about the evils of satan and it was basically the satanic panic and satan ritual abuse syndrome done as like a talking heads documentary kind of thing where it's just like yeah here's what's happened yeah when i say talking I heads documentary dogs. i don't mean the band and yes that was a part of the documentary where they talk about blowing 12 dogs <laughs> yeah and saying it's so straight faced just like yes i remember having to perform oral sex on dogs and I did it to get them hard so they could cut the dog penises off. And it's just like, what? Yeah, that part came out of nowhere. And your face when that <laughs> happened was just like, holy Probably priceless. shit. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. No, this was, this was something. But this was a, like, there's no point recounting a plot of this because we literally we just, just did. did. Yeah. Um, this was interesting as heck because it showed how seriously they tried to play this thing off and how seriously they took it yeah like um i love the very 90s aesthetic beginning where it shows the uh montage of like bad clip art cg logos flying (laughs) at the screen of like satanic imagery and then there's just like this flipping clip art like it looks like a bunch of powerpoint transition slides yes. coming at you there's this flipping one of like one of the iron maiden album covers just like <laughs> whew, 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 and then like a 666 shoots at you and it's like doing Ooh. all these sounds and that's just like that really sets up what you're sets fucking in for yeah, it does um but it's the kind of thing where people are recounting with straight face these things that they would be absolutely horrific if they weren't just the most absurd things ever mm-hmm. and it feels so weird to talk about that because some people will say that about like real like assault and abuse cases where it's just like someone will say something it's like he's a pillar of the community that's absurd kind of thing and it's like but is it whereas this one it's just like one of the women she talks about something i got to this part and michelle remembers today mm-hmm. um but she talks about how she was kept in a wire cage in a closet and snakes dumped on the floor right that's like straight up out of michelle remembers oh, yeah. and that was not michelle smith talking about it no it wasn't so this was um Maybe Michelle Smith is just her pseudonym. Maybe. But at the same time, you can just tell the influence that that book had on the whole panic. But it really follows the idea of the book where people were abused for satanic rituals by the thousands. And they play it up like it is an organization and like there are thousands and thousands of these cases and these cults across the country. This, is, this takes place in the States. Of course, yeah. we know that Victoria, B.C., Canada is mm-hmm. one of the hotbeds, apparently. But Hotbed of Satanism. Oh, yeah. But this documentary was very much American. Mm-hmm. It was like, there may even be international shit happening, but coast to coast. Canada's just like, Satan. my dudes, you're chomping our flavor. Don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> um. What did you make of this as a documentary? Like, um, it, it felt like a school PSA. Like, did, they would put yeah. this on in a class, other than, like, the gory crime scene photos. Right. Yeah, um, I will say that what rubbed me the wrong way was how, at face value, they took what, like, these young men who had, like, you know, killed their families and stuff, and, like, 
yeah, uh, Satan made me do it. And the, the one that got me was the guy who's like, yeah, you know, I was clearly very troubled and like fucking around with Satanism and nobody intervened. So it, it's like, he was, it's like he was leading up to say, that's why it's not my fault. But in fact, it's everybody else's. Yeah, because they interview some people who committed murders in the name of Satan. They are supposedly under Like, I mean, that's influence. what they said. And yes. you're right. That That's such a good point because they took it entirely at face value. Yeah. It's like, like, oh, yeah. And I'm sure that, yes, Ted Bundy wouldn't have done what he did if it wasn't for pornography. Or mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just such an easy, like, scapegoat that they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, that's what happened. And it's... Yeah, and you're right, it's cheapening the, like, account- I'm not to yeah, blame the accountability of these people. I was just so influenced by these terrible, terrible things. And it could happen to you, too. So I'm not actually a piece of shit. I'm just a normal, white, all-American boy who mm-hmm. Satan corrupted or what? It's like, fuck off. It's, uh... Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. That is kind of a because I I absolutely dabbled in Satan when I was thirteen, and I didn't fucking kill anybody. Mm. We forgot to talk about your Satan. Yeah, I was childhood. I was waiting until now because that's what I was saying before, where I was like, I would have fit in so well to the Satanic Panic had I been a teen then, but I was a teen too late. All right, before we get to our last thing, let's do this. Yeah, so um, I went to Catholic school. I hated it. Um, you no. Me, yeah, no. By the time I was thirteen, I had a great religion teacher who totally didn't feel like a preacher who was shoving shit down my throat while I was tied to a chair, unable to leave. I wasn't literally tied, but obviously, like I was a goody goody. I couldn't just like skip class. Yeah. Um, hated it. So, what does a thirteen-year-old do? It's like, what's the opposite contrarian thing that I can do? That will make me feel like, ooh, look what I'm doing. I'm so bad. Mm-hmm. Well, it was Satanism, obviously. Right. So, uh, yeah, I remember being at West Edmonton Mall, going to the the chapters there with my friend and <laughs> asking the, the lady, who, oh, can I help you with anything? We're like, yeah, we're looking for the Satanic Bible. And she found the copies for us and we each bought one and we're just like laughing. We're like, oh my God, she's probably thinking we're crazy. And yeah, reading that looking into what that has to offer oh my god we fucked up yet again forgot to mention that devil's reign had oh, anton, anton LaVey LaVey yeah. as, a, as a technical uh, advisor to and the he movie he was also like a priest he was or in it as in it, a right? priest or yeah, something in the yeah. background. i didn't notice him so because i know what he looks like he was like. probably the dude that we thought he looked like a porn star dressed as a satanist like he had that <laughs> fucking like 90s porno <laughs> goatee going on yeah because he um passed away in the 2000s i want to say yeah yeah i was still alive sorry uh, but yeah but i you know so i you know big into like oh marilyn manson and like blah blah blah. so yeah just this very like sort of edgy rebellious mm-hmm. kind of thing and um yeah so i don't know another thing that bugged me i mean i haven't read the entire satanic bible because you get to a point where it's like so magic and you're like oh okay you guys mm. actually oh i see um but yeah, the, in in the documentary, they're talking about, like, oh, as is outlined in the Satanic Bible, these rights about, like, murdering people. It's like, uh-huh. no. It's like, y'all didn't read it. Y'all didn't read this, clearly, because, you know, Satanism, at least LeVayan Satanism, is essentially this, like, glorified kind of, like, it's very sort of libertarian individualism. Right. Hedonistic. Like, it, it's essentially um, what I remember gaining from it was that, Say, you know, we don't we don't actually worship the devil 
it's the figure of Satan as being the opposite of Christ. So rather than saying that you need to be self-sacrificial and all of these things, it recognizes, well, we're humans, we're animals, we are self-interested, we, you know, don't turn the other cheek if somebody wrongs you, fucking stand up for yourself. And if, you know, the only time it's acceptable to hurt somebody is like in self-defense or if, mm-hmm. Or if, you know, someone's abusing a child. Yeah, fucking kill them. I don't care. Like yeah. that, so it, it, it was very, like, you know, it, you know, 13, it's like, this makes sense, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so, you know, I don't agree now with this idea that we're entirely self-interested because we wouldn't have survived as an interdependent species right. if we didn't give a shit about anybody else. But that being said, yeah, being told all of these things, especially heard about Catholicism, especially when they're unequally applied across the sexes. Mm-hmm. And whatnot, this was very, it's very liberatory, like, yeah, I can actually, like, set boundaries and stand up for myself and all this stuff, Mm -hmm. and it's not, it doesn't make me a bad person, it just makes me human. Right. So, yeah, it's not as uh, mystical as it seems, I guess, on the surface. Like, there are mystical aspects for sure, and I know that LaVey's daughter, Zena, I was reading, I think, an interview with her recently, she's a fascinating person. She was like, yeah, my dad's full of shit, he was a charlatan, like, it is what it is. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's okay. interesting. Yeah, no, she's she's um, an interesting character that one. But what 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 did this? What was the highlight of? What did this all culminate in the peak of my satanic career? Yes. Well, in eighth grade, we Catholic had, school, Catholic eighth school, grade Catholic eighth grade, school, we had to write a story with a partner, and I got partnered with. We're, we were friends, but um, he, like, didn't really do anything, so I just took the reins, and I was like, we're writing a story about the devil. <laughs> and he's like, okay. And I was like, and murder. He's like, sure. So I wrote the whole thing. He uh, he got it coil-bound at Staples for us the night before we had to hand it in. That was nice. His, that, and he contrib- contributed two names for twins characters. But basically, we have these... Um, to, uh, I guess they would have been junior high students, I think. I, I can't, I still have it somewhere, this this book, this fucking tomes. It's, I've read it. Yeah, it's, it's somewhere. I, just, I couldn't find it because I was going to do like a, Ooh, a uh, dramatic reading of some I excerpts. I think a bonus episode oh, for Patreon yeah. should be a dramatic reading and that will of be how Satan we Rises. I love it. Yeah, so it was called Satan, I called it Satan Rises. Um, so the, yeah, these kids, they're, they're in school, they go out for Halloween, they, uh, there's some, I don't know, spot in the woods that it, it's it been used as an altar or some shit. And they hear they hear, they hear hear voices coming when they go to see it, so they, they escape uh, without being noticed by whomstever is out Whomst. there. Whomstever. Um, and very quickly, bodies start turning up. Like, I think the first one they, is found in a locker at school, and it's a student. And as the week goes on, various students are being killed and found around the school. And, it plays um, like an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Right? And I hadn't even seen a, a single episode of Buffy. <laughs> because I, was, I think it was a little bit before my time. I was a little bit too young for that one that mm. was airing. Well, probably not. But like, if I had an older sibling, I think I would have like, watched it right, again, but but on my own. I was like, I think I'm a little young for this. Anyway. Um, eventually, the protagonists are kidnapped and they're going to be sacrificed and they're they're yeah they, they come to around this fire and all these cultists are there and all the bodies are propped around and you know they the villains exp- do their monologue explaining that each of these uh each of the people that were killed represent one of the satanic deadly sins oh, because man. there are there are deadly sins but they're all like 
being like self-centered and like a piece of shit and stuff um so definitely not the same as the christian ones mm-hmm. and um that yeah it's it, they're they're bringing satan to earth or whatever through and mm-hmm. th- this is the final sacrifice we need and uh the police intervene in time shoot them dead um they're in the hospital because uh, they, they think there's, there's there's two characters there's alice and jimmy i think are their names and so they thought that jimmy's older brother aiden might be one of the cultists okay. it turns out it was a different aiden so it's okay <laughs> <laughs> This really sets when you were in grade A. Right? I know. Um, yeah, Aiden became a very popular name around that time. For ki- young kids, at least. And um, so and so Alice is in the hospital, and you think everything is okay, but the story ends with she's in the dark, everyone's gone, visiting hours are over, and she hears she hears some shit and is like, what the fuck's going on? And then this, this, this voice is like, Alice, you belong to me now. <laughs> oh, man. You were like, you had like script writing like story structure down when you were right? a kid yeah and this and, and, and i think i wrote that ending and i like had trouble sleeping if i was asleep <laughs> at night because that was right around when like exorcism of emily rose and all that kind of stuff uh, so i was just like oh my god i freaked my fucking self out i love it okay we are definitely gonna find this <laughs> copy of this yeah and we it's are probably gonna in, like do... my room like at my parents house <laughs> yeah we'll do a dramatic reading <laughs> yes and that'll oh we should get some of her friends on get oh, like people yes. to act voices yes. and stuff Yes, that would be so good. Uh, okay. So, yeah, I would have been a great satanic panic. Okay, we'll save our. I never killed anybody. We'll save our pennies and we'll get Mark Muir to narrate. <laughs> oh fuck yes! <laughs> we uh, filmed a thing this past weekend that uh, Mark Muir was at, and the dude has a great way of narrating. Like, yeah, he was he was the dungeon master for uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, and he was doing all the voices and stuff, and uh, it was for a uh, shout out to um, our friends gaming convention at uh, Edmonton Gamespiel this this uh past weekend so i guess um i guess by the time you hear this two weekends ago yeah. shit i need to pay attention to that <laughs> yeah it happened recently it will yeah. hopefully happen again yep next year um yeah that was fun. so yeah we had a uh, dm mark Mir and it was an experience yeah so he can uh, we can see how much it would cost to get him to narrate satan rises <laughs> yeah or to act in one of our movies i think he yeah. would be fantastic for those who don't know, his sort of like more international fame is uh, as the Captain Shepard from Mass Effect games. Yeah, he did the voice for the, of, the like, male the, Captain The male Shepherd. Captain Shepard, yeah. Because Mass Effect is a Bioware game, and Bioware is an Edmonton company. Yep. So they do Dragon Age, Mass Effect. I think there's another big one that they do. I don't know. Baldur's Gate? Was that May? I don't remember. I've never played any of them, I'll be honest. I'm not a huge I'm gamer, believe it or not. pretty sure they did Baldur's Gate, okay. but that was well, also... Anyway, they, yeah, internationally known, he's flown out to conventions and stuff. He's, yeah. He's very active in like the theater community and stuff here. Mm-hmm. Cool guy, all around. Yeah, really nice. Yeah. yeah. And a uh, great dungeon master. Yeah, it was very <laughs> funny. I loved how his weird goblin demon dude just sounded like... Like uh, scheming Sweet D from It's Always Sunny, but... Make her Italian. And Make her an Italian no-no. no-no. Yeah. Yes, you'll see it's like this. <laughs> like, it was excellent. So, yeah, that footage is going to go up at some point. Um, maybe we will post it when it does. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, well, we can definitely link to it. Yes. For sure, yeah. I'm noticing the timer, and we are really getting long on these episodes. We are. So maybe we should just go straight to recommendations. But yes. I will drop that. We also watched the X-Files episode, Die Hand die Verletz from 1995 and it is um 
all about the satanic panic. And yeah, and this, really is, this isn't fits. the post-satanic... This isn't the, like, okay, the FBI has conducted its, concluded its study that there are, are no satanic cults operating. This would... Like, it, it, it's at this point that satanic ritual abuse syndrome has been yep. identified as a thing. And that's kind of how they play it. Yes. But then being an X-File, of course, there really is a cult at play and Absolute, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Satan stuff is happening. Memories are not actually but they, necessarily fake. But they do at the same time have the one character who does recount the ritualistic abuse and that's then it's the I mean, kind of yeah. thing where it's just like... Because like, yeah, that's textbook. Like, it's, it's yeah. like you said, like, all these tropes that came from somewhere and this is, like, all of them. Like, yeah. the snakes, the the pregnancies and the, the sacrificial fetuses. But, but and... even if that was a part of the ritual abuse syndrome kind of thing, mm-hmm. there was still all this Satan stuff actually happening yes, that there, surrounds there was stuff us. that was happening and they're yeah. like, okay, yeah. Like, her memory's a little fuzzy, but... We, we did do some ritual stuff, not yeah. gonna lie. So, yeah, yeah it's a good one. It's so fun. it's a good one. It's one of my favorite episodes from the early batch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do not mind that I had to rewatch it. Had to rewatch uh, yeah. it for this. It's funny, yeah, because I watched it a few months ago, so I've been rewatching the X Files. Yes. And, yeah, even though I'd seen it probably in I don't know, maybe February or something. Mm-hmm. I was still just like, this is fun. I like it. I'm yeah. not sick of it. It's yeah. Great. Anyway, recommendations. Um, so I go first this time. Sure. Okay. Um, yeah, Satanic Panic, Panicking About Satan. I thought, what better than The Witch from 2015? Yep. Yes, I got it. There's a lot of panicking about the devil in that movie. Oh, yeah. Better better chop some more wood. Yeah, Otherwise, the devil's going to get you. Jack Phillips' book. <laughs> so that, we're due for a rewatch on that one. We've yeah. seen it the one time. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, we do the thing where we often put subtitles on when we watch movies, if it's <laughs> yes. available, just because, like, my hearing's crap. And um, I'm glad we did for this movie. Hearing yeah. a lot of the complaints where it's like, I had no idea what, like in the theaters, people were like, yes. I had no idea what the fuck people were talking about. Actually, just being able to like see that. Yeah. 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 I didn't have a hard time following remember, this movie. Like, I didn't know that it was in like old English. Yeah. Or in older English. So um, I was like, oh, you know, everyone's saying it's so good. I feel like I really missed out seeing it in the theaters. Mm-hmm. It's like, nope. I don't think so. Visually, yeah. maybe. Yes. But actually being able to know what was being said and what was going on, I don't think so. Yeah. I think I had an okay experience. Because I definitely heard that criticism of it. Yeah. From oh, okay. like, I didn't know. Like, it was one of the things yeah. I was trying not to like follow it much. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know, know at the time. time. I found yeah. that in hindsight. But I yeah. See, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Good one to watch with subtitles. Yes. The Witch. Good movie. My recommendation is going to be 1981's Evil Speak. Esteban. Esteban. This movie is... <laughs> completely nuts it's, it's fucking bad so shit. good though. i have actually seen this one yes yes yeah. this yeah. is um one of the video nasties starring clint howard cult cult icon clint howard for a fucking reason and holy shit does this movie go places <laughs> it is very delicious it's basically if the idea of someone communes with satan using their apple II computer <laughs> if that doesn't appeal to you then uh why are you listening to this podcast yeah, exactly um we maybe don't want you to <laughs> <laughs> exactly we don't want you here if that doesn't appeal to you yeah Kurt Cobain didn't want homophones or sexist listening to his music. We don't want people that don't find that idea. People that don't fuck with beautiful. evil speak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Um but that's gonna do it for us this week. And um Yeah. Take it easy. Keep it sleazy. And hail Satan. Mm-hmm.